Hello, everyone, and welcome to the dinner table. I am so glad to be back here. And man, we just had an amazing dinner. I have with me tonight my friend Chef Zelina Rodriguez and her daughter Emily Zoe. Thank you guys so much for coming. We're Thank so you excited. For having to, us. We're so excited to be here. This is exciting. Yeah. This is our first podcast. Yeah. Is it your first podcast? <gasps> Definitely. Wow. I feel famous. <laughs> we feel famous. I, I know, right? <laughs> Definitely. It's fun. It's fun. I was excited to have the opportunity to start just reaching out to people when the podcast shifted to this format. We're bringing on dinner guests. So I'm glad to have you guys here tonight. So. I was curious about, I have been reaching out to a lot of people and asking questions about reading and new books to read. And I spend a lot of time with my hands working. And so I listen to a lot of books. I listen to podcasts. I listen to YouTube. I listen to all kinds of things. But I was curious. I just finished listening to a book called Midnight Library, which mm -hmm. the reason I came across it was because I had reached out to some people and said, okay, tell me what books should I listen to? I'm looking for something fiction, but I want it to be, and my, my stuff is going to be like, I need it to be outdoor nature. I need it to be uh, uh, dystopian. I need it to be spiritual, something really philosophical, whatever. So they came up with this midnight library. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was, um, it turned out to be a really good book that made me really excited. It was very interesting because what it was about is a woman who chooses to take her life. And then when she like, basically at the moment that that shift happens from like cho choosing to take her life, she goes into a library and in the library, the very first book she opens up is the book of regrets. Wow. And then after that, she goes through opening up books of life and any life can be a billion different ways because if you yeah. make any choice at any point, it's like that sliding door concept, mm -hmm. right? And it's, a, I've got about an hour left in it, but it was a really, really good book and I really enjoyed it. And I was curious if you guys had some suggestions of books, what are y'all reading right now? And do you read? Is that something you're into? Okay. So I say I'm a huge reader. I love to read. Uh -huh. And recently you, you just said you're listening to, I switched over to audiobooks because being a chef, I'm in the kitchen, I'm working yeah. with my hands. I don't have a lot of time to read. And what I found is audiobooks are amazing for me. So yeah. I say I read all the time. I'm listening yeah. to a book. Yeah. So yeah. same um, thing to me. <laughs> one, and when you asked that, I, I meant to look up some of the books I have. So I have a huge library of Audible books. Yeah. But one that ties into dinner tonight is called Island of the Missing Trees. Island of the Missing Trees. Yes. I need to write this down. <laughs> I'm sure that that's the title. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and so it takes place in... God, this it's been a minute since I read this book, but in Cyprus, it has to do uh -huh. with Cyprus mm. and this family that transplanted a fig tree out of <gasps> Cyprus. Figs, yes, figs, yes. And part of the story is told from the perspective of the fig tree, <gasps> and it's it's an amazing book. It's really interesting. It's really different, but it it has to do it's with jumping to the top of my list. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the island of missing trees. So that's that's a really good one, and then. Anything I do is always fiction, uh -huh. and I do a lot of like um, really cheesy science fiction <laughs> uh -huh. fiction. Yeah. My kids make fun yeah. of me, uh -huh. but every exactly. once in a while I will have like a serious book. So to me, Island of the Missing Trees was really good, uh -huh. um, and I just did one called Lessons in Chemistry. Okay, um, and that was really good. It's not really outdoorsy, but it, the main focus is of like this really brilliant scientist. Um, in like the fifties and sixties uh -huh. and she's a female. And so just really in that 
just not getting respect as a woman yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Um, really good. about feminism and um and her relationship with her dog which is the, yeah. the relationship with the dog is just amazing so that's, that's some a, lessons in chemistry yeah. you, you and your pets and your relationships that you have with your pets yeah, yeah. so those are two i would definitely recommend okay two that i recently did so yeah those are really i'm excited good. about yeah. the fig fig concept i'm really i'm feeling like called to the fig tree mm-hmm. in this like more like deeper spiritual way i've learned so much about the fig over the last few years and i actually just finished reading a book actually actually reading a book Mm -hmm. um called uh the wild garden and he's chapter of this book that i actually want to read online somewhere Mm -hmm. and it's about the fig tree and if we think about it the fig tree for what for whatever we actually know about the biblical stories right the fig tree was had to have been the tree that was there at the beginning because of the fig leaf whatever right the stories that we have from it but the fig tree's been with us mm-hmm. and it's resilient and this year watching the fig trees do well it was a freeze and then rain and our mm-hmm. Our fig trees are just massive, beautiful trees. I've also learned that they, yes, they're resilient. Exactly. They're resilient with our hurricanes. They're resilient. And I've also learned that when you plant fennel underneath your fig trees, you actually have better tasting figs. Oh, interesting. And so this book just taught me some really fun stuff. So I'm glad you brought up that. And that that book will go to the very top of my list because it sounds immediately like something I would be into. And you can tell that the author really did a lot of research about figs and uh-huh. growing fig trees uh-huh. and and just really the the dynamic of the fig tree telling this story is it's yeah. really great. It's a, it's a great read. Well, and so, okay, so the fig um, is actually a flower that doesn't actually flower. So the actual, the fig is not really a fruit. It's actually a flower. Okay. And did you know that hornets actually lay their eggs inside the figs? So that's the thing that tends to scare people away from figs, but hornets lay their eggs inside a fig. And there's a whole like YouTube video that you can watch about like what actually happens. And there's a, basically there's a copacetic copacetic relationship Mm -hmm. or a parasitic relationship between the fig and the hornet. So. I learned that from you last, the first time I came out to the farm, you <laughs> like, told me all about that. Or you were yeah. telling some other ladies and I was just kind of eavesdropping. But yeah, yeah I learned that from you. Yeah. So interesting. So Emily, you have any great books you need us to know about? I unfortunately never learned how to read. So <laughs> no, I, I don't have any books to add to the conversation. I You're I, so I, Gen yeah. Z. <laughs> yeah, I, I use my phone for everything. I, I don't. I also <laughs> just finished a book, two books by Daniel Quinn called, one of them is called Ishmael and the second one is called the story of B and they are extremely valuable for the conversation about the number of people on the planet, mm. what we're doing on the planet, um, agriculture, uh, sp- our spiritual religious, like coding related to all that. And what I'm planning to do is to, and this is what I thought about even that book, The Wild Garden, like how do I, what I want to do is a subscriber podcast, a special like dessert episode Mm. or something like that. And I've got this gal that that I wanted to talk to about those two books because they're such, they're so meaty when it comes to the philosophical, 
like spiritual stuff we're dealing with, the reality mm -hmm. of what 8 billion people on this planet yeah, is doing absolutely. to this planet. I have been doing this diet over the last, you know, 120 days, or we've been talking about it for weeks, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the reintroduction process. I did reintroduce shishito peppers yeah. because oh, I have a super duper, I love peppers so much. I'm huge fan of shishitos and my shishitos are just beautiful coming out of the garden this year. I have so many of them. So I went ahead and added those to my eggs. And then I had a grape cherry tomato today. I just like popped it and ate it. But I will tell you, honestly, a little while ago, I had a migraine, mm. like the little aura migraine thing happened. So now I'm like, I don't even know anymore. Like I, but I also think that just the last few weeks be dealing with another level of stress and kind of managing that, like just give myself Definitely. a break and just keep like working through it. But it was so nice to pop that little grape tomato in my mouth today and just, and just be like, mm, that, mm, mm, and yes. just have it. And it was so delicious. Brad's atomic. They're like these crazy, look like they're tie-dyed, mm. crazy colored, I you love know, those. grapes. So I'm also doing a class, everybody, tomorrow night at 6.30 PM here at the farm. It's food is medicine, meal planning, cooking class. We're I talked to you guys about a few of the things yeah. we're going to try out tonight. You guys got to taste my tzatziki with oh, the yes. chips. I Delicious. give that to everybody. So so yeah, good. we're going to do that. We're going to make a, uh, a smoothie. We're going to make a smoothie. And then we're also going to give the chicken cacciatore a try. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about all the things that, you know, we talked about tonight about reaching satisfaction, traveling, um, keeping things on budget and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you guys have any interest, the class is tomorrow. So if you want to come and be involved in it, you're going to have to message me right away and uh, let me know you're coming and we'll get it settled out. And, and I'll give you more details the about that. You makes it worth it. Cause that, that was stuff was amazing. So, yeah, so yeah. learning so to make good. that is good. I'm yeah, glad I talk about that on every podcast every week because oh, it's like my dessert I'm not, or it's, it's like my little snack that so I bring good. out while we're cooking, yeah, you know, your little like, comfort, but I want to get to tonight's meal because yeah. Having you guys here and just, and it's funny because it wasn't like I was trying to be super fancy about it, but mm -hmm. I had, um, goat steak in the freezer from the farmer. He had suggested Turkey Hollow, Ryan Keller. He had suggested that I get some goat steak. I went over to his booth and wanted to get a sirloin and I was so excited mm -hmm. about how I could cook my own sirloin. And he was like, Oh, I don't have any sirloin right now, but try this goat steak. And so I was like, okay. Well, then I was nervous about it. So I had it in the freezer, but I was like, okay, a chef is coming. So I'm going to pull out the goat steak now. Let's get fancy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then, you know, us talking out, trying to, you know, make this all work out. I was like, okay, well, what can we make with the goat steak? And I have, um, pulling, still pulling quite a bit of root vegetables out of the garden, just kind of just the last great. of the those. So I pulled out the carrots, the, um, turnips, broccoli, cauliflower, one little head of each of those were super small leeks. I'm still pulling mm -hmm. those out of the garden. So I had all and of the this. Radishes, the radishes. Yes. Radishes. And the radishes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I pulled all that stuff out and then got the stuff together to make a super easy salad. And then when you guys got here, I was like, okay, I'm putting you in charge. <laughs> I need your help with that. Last minute, I also, and I want to dig more into all of this, but mm -hmm. I also just decided I've got all these figs coming off of the fig tree. I mean, I'm talking about like five to 10 pounds of figs a day for like the last two weeks. Wow. I mean, it's been a lot, like it's been like ongoing mm -hmm. and I still have more. There's yeah. still plenty more out there. And I was like, I have so much fresh, we've got to use this. So I looked up a recipe to see if there was a dessert that we can make. And yeah. I pulled out this recipe. 
uh, of a sushi cocoa fig. Basically, we made sushi cocoa fig. So you walk in the door. <laughs> they're first out here to the farm, right? And um, I'm like, okay, here are my recipes. What do I do with all this stuff? And I let <laughs> you just guide me. And I loved, I loved it. I loved the whole way about everything. I loved all the suggestions you made. So tell us a little bit. First, tell us about the goat and how you prepared the goat and the suggestions that you have for preparing that type of meat or any type of meat. I was excited to cook a goat steak because honestly, that's the first time I've ever cooked goat. Uh -huh. I've cooked a lot of lamb. I've cooked a lot of beef, but yeah. I've never actually cooked goat. So I was like, okay, well, let me think about it. And, 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 and just from a chef way and going back to technique. Uh -huh. So that's, I'm a, a technique trained chef. Yeah. So I always fall back to that technique and you'd pulled up a recipe that said to get your pan to a medium high heat mm -hmm. and then cook it for a certain amount of time. And I thought, well, you know, for me, such a small piece of steak, I need yeah. to sear it hard and fast on a high yeah. and then let it rest. Yeah. And so I, I kind of said, okay, well then rather than a medium high heat, I want to get the pan kind of screaming hot. hot. Yeah. Using season a cast it, iron still this cast time. Cast iron, yep. mm -hmm. yeah. So I decided to just season it with any seasonings that you could use, keeping with the paleo. So we just did a simple um, paleo seasoning, a mm -hmm. garlic, mm -hmm. and a salt. Mm -hmm. Just season both sides. And then um, I think your recipe said to use a little bit of oil. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I trimmed some of the fat off of the lamb or the goat. Mm -hmm. And I rendered out the oil from the goat because lamb and goat can be pretty, a little fatty. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh -huh. anytime I'm doing anything like chicken or beef that, or even pork that have a lot of fat, I will use the fat of that protein to actually sear. So mm -hmm. I will take like the chicken skin, I'll render out some of that fat and then I'll sear the chicken in it, or I'll do that with beef or I'll do that with pork. So I did the same thing. So yeah. I, I seasoned the, 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 the goat steaks. And when we're saying goat steaks, they weren't a big, huge, yeah, they were, they were several real small. little mm -hmm. pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just let them sit for a second. I took off some of the, I trimmed up some of the fat. I let it render out. Then I got that fat screaming hot. And since it was an animal fat, you're able to do that without letting it really burn. Okay. So I, I got it really, really hot. And then I just seared it on each side and I did two minutes on each side. And get a nice golden brown color and then just took them out of the pan and let them rest. And the whole finished. time you were doing that, you were teaching me and showing me and talking me through it. And I really appreciated that because that's part of what makes this so much easier for me is to learn how to do it. But to have like people that are coming over and especially when I can get a chef to come over here and then, okay, take this goat meat that I'm basically scared of at this point <laughs> and like tell me how to cook it and show me how to cook it. So thank you for sharing all of that stuff with us. So, well, you're welcome. And, but that's part of like my philosophy. I love like when I'm doing things, talking about what I'm, I just like yeah. to hear myself talk. Uh, so. Me too. Clearly. <laughs> so I, um, I like talking about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and, and showing people that, you know, they can do it also. Because I had pulled up this sushi cocoa fig dessert thing which we started doing that first, first because yeah. of course you don't want to cook your meat till the last thing right? right so we started doing that first and since that created the fig you you said i want to make the fig all the way go all the way through the yeah. recipe and so then you added that in yeah. yeah so i really love to take elements anytime i'm doing a coursed out meal mm -hmm. and so i know this isn't technically like a coursed out meal but any any way i like i will take an element and i will put it throughout the meal. So yeah. let's say I'm doing a seven course dinner. I've done seven, eight course dinners where I've made eggs uh -huh. part of 
each yeah. course. You don't necessarily get the egg in each course or taste the egg, but there's egg, egg in incorporated everything. in every course in some way or Parmesan cheese, even in the dessert. And I'll take a savory uh-huh. and I'll even incorporate it into the dessert in some way. So you started with, the, we started with the dessert, the, the figs and the figs are gorgeous. They're beautiful. Yeah. I'm taking some figs home. Yes. Like I, yes. I'm going to have some at the restaurant next week. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so I said, okay, well, we're, we're starting with dessert and, you know, I, we'd sliced up some figs, we had some whole figs, and then we took some really ripe, unripened. Yeah. Um, I went out and got fig. some green figs. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of chopped those up and then I decided not to use them in the dessert. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, well, we have these different figs. How can we incorporate fig into every right. aspect of this meal? So I'd... I'd seared off the um, the steaks. They were resting. And then I still had a little bit of that goat fat in the mm-hmm, pan mm-hmm. and basically the juices from cooking those goat steaks. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what? I have this nice little um, pile of figs that we didn't end mm-hmm, up using for mm-hmm. the dessert. So I said, I'm going to sear those in the goat fat. Yeah. So I took, I got my pan hot again and I took those sliced figs and I kind of just threw them into the oil, the, to the, to the to the fat yeah and i just let them sear and then just kind of caramelize and break down and you know just kind of mash them with a spatula and just put a okay so i was trying to think back you and i i think met with grow local maybe like cooking demonstrations something like that or maybe even the cook-off at the wine festival do you remember i remember yeah we um so i was a part of the texas chefs association yeah and that's around the time that you had the chefs coming out weekly to uh-huh. do um to do cooking demonstrations. Yeah. So I remember just being so excited because I love I love doing demonstrations. I love doing teaching. Uh-huh. I love doing that part of thing. Um, and then so we did that, and then I remember we did a competition, yeah. didn't we? That was the at the wine um wine event that here is locally CC yeah. wine event. There was a cook off demonstration because I remember that's where I really remember getting to know y'all yeah. at you and Dana at. And, um, but yeah, we, the idea always at the farmer's market was come and use such, whatever's local and yes. just teach people how to use some of this stuff. So how do we encourage people to purchase eggplant, you know, yes. or okra or some of the stuff that might be a little bit more challenging to get people to purchase and try cucumbers was always one of the things that do you happen to remember any of the things you ever got a chance to try out? I remember, I remember being so excited about just kind of having an idea of a plan mm-hmm. and putting just a little bit together, but seeing like, okay, I'm going to go to the farmer's market and I'm going to find whatever they have, whatever they have really yeah. abundant. Yeah. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to incorporate it into, um, to whatever, you know, whatever I've kind That's of the pre- best way to do it. Pre-prep. Yeah. So I would do, I would pre-prep things that I knew if I found carrots I could use or something like that. And right. so I remember one time I did a fried rice Oh and yeah, then I just, yeah. I just found some vegetables That's and so a good I one. pre-cooked the rice and mm-hmm. then I found vegetables and just sauteed them and then threw in the pre-cooked rice, which is always great with anything, vegetables yeah. and rice. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think that was one of the ones that I remember the most. But since then I've taken and just, just cause I'm a, like a super competitive person. I love uh-huh. challenges and things like that. Uh-huh. Dana and I, my partner, uh-huh. who's also a chef, which is great. Yeah. Um, cause he can understand my madness just a little bit. <laughs> um, I'll do like a three ingredient challenge and, uh-huh. and that's just literally us going to the farmer's market, forcing yes. us to buy three ingredients and go home and cook them with, for dinner. 
So we, we do that when we go to the, we haven't done it in a little bit, but when we go to the farmer's market, I just call it the three ingredient challenge. And we, we have to pick three ingredients and then go home and figure out some way to turn that into dinner. I love that. I love, we love that for the Wednesday night, but, um, I think that that sounds like you guys are going to be excellent, um, new investment larder, uh, restaurant for my products that I'm going to bring out. We talked about that tonight that, um, you guys are going to be, you guys are opening up a new restaurant though. So, um, tell me a little bit about that already. I just want to know more about that. Okay. So super excited and I get a little emotional thinking about it. So, um, Talking about my boyfriend, uh, being a chef, I am in a partnership uh, company. We uh-huh. are called USS Chefs. Okay. And just a little bit about us is, so it's a husband and wife, AD uh, and Fernando Cardenas, mm-hmm. and then myself and Dana. Mm-hmm. And so Dana and I used to be um, saltwater chefs. Okay, so right, we, yeah. So we had a little company, little catering company. We just did private chef things called saltwater chefs. They are, she is an amazing pastry chef and he is an amazing bread chef. Like they're, they're an amazing team as well. And, um, so they were two sweet chefs Mm -hmm. and, um, they used to have a company doing pastries and breads and things Uh like that. So when we decided to combine our businesses, we united the sweet and salty chefs Mm -hmm. and that's where we get our name, the USS chefs. Nice. So US salty chefs. Yeah. Yeah. United (laughs) sweet and salty. Yeah. So, um, so we, and I am salty and she's definitely sweet. (laughs) So it really, really fits. Um, and then, so we started a catering company about a year and a half ago together and we were cooking out of the International Seaman Center. So we rented that kitchen and it really was just a stepping stone for us to be able to develop a following, a client base. Yeah. And to I just really Nate there. Yeah. <laughs> just to really get our name out there. Yeah. And now we've decided to take the undertaking of the USS Chefs is opening a restaurant uh-huh. and we are keeping with our nautical theme uh-huh. and we are going to be called the Galley Bistro and Bake Shop. Ooh, so nice. it's, you know, the galley of a, uh-huh. of a ship uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and we've built this amazing table and I'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute, but it's, I'm calling it our captain's table. Come sit at our captain's table. I love that idea just, so much. And so the captain's table has such a triple use of things that we're going to use this table for, but Uh come to our captain's table and we're so excited. And when you told me about the larder, that's, it's amazing because what we are is we are a fresh, um, and I'm not saying a farm fresh company, Uh right? Right. I get everything we do is daily. We don't bring in a lot of bulk. We're shopping in the morning Uh and, and yeah, a lot of times we're shopping at HEB or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. But, um, we, we, we bring in fresh product prepared and everything is scratch made. My sauces are scratch made. All of our pastries are scratch made. Everything we do is Uh fresh scratch made. And we know, and when, when I, you know, invited you to come eat that one Mm -hmm. time, you were like, well, my diet, but the fact that we are doing everything from scratch, I know what's in everything. Yeah. I know that if somebody asks me, oh, is this gluten-free? I can tell you if it's gluten-free. Right. I right. can tell you if it's carb-heavy. I can tell you all of those things because we know every ingredient that's going into everything we're doing. So yeah. I don't say, you know, we're vegan cooks or we're gluten-free cooks or whatever. I can do But if somebody it. comes and asks, I mean, this is a big deal. If somebody comes, like I can't go out to eat at most restaurants unless the chef, I know the chef or it's the type of restaurant where I could say, 
hey, I need something special. Like, I'm not trying to be really difficult, but can you make me a steak without putting anything but salt on it? And then yep. can you make me some squash on the side? Like, that's the kind of thing where I need to be able to go and and knowing chefs are willing to do that kind of stuff is a big deal. And I, I try really hard not to hit the yep. restaurant right in the middle of the busiest part of their day when it's like throwing them completely off. But um, at the same token, if like my whole family wants to go out to dinner, then I have to figure out how to get a salad that doesn't have a dressing on it that right. I can't eat or yeah. anything that I can't eat. So it's good for people to know, especially people that listen to this podcast, because a lot of the guests that list a lot of the people that show up for the dinner table to hear this, they're listening because of the type of diet and the things that we talk about on this podcast and knowing, and this is an important thing I wanted to talk to you about is knowing how to find the best ingredients because it's not just about farm to table. Now farm to table is important and it's good to find, you know, and, and we're looking for special diet stuff. But when you're talking about making fresh from scratch things, how is it, about finding the lo- the good ingredients, the best ingredients in town. Talk about that. My daughter, like she lives in California and they yeah. have like the most amazing farmer's markets. You can get anything and everything. So sometimes it's a little hard to find like those specialty things in town. But for the most part, HEB has a great yeah. produce department. I yeah. mean, their their produce department is amazing. Um, and so is like Sprouts, um, the, the, the organic. I can definitely find all of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really love, and you guys are going to be close to your locations, close to that Boari. Yes. Uh, we're we're our, basically across the street. From yeah. Them. I can walk over. And so you can get your meats and stuff we, like that from them. Oh, we definitely do. We get yeah. a lot of our meats from him. Mm-hmm. We make a burger and we've been told we have the best burger in town by mm-hmm. people who serve burgers in town. They're nice. like, this burger is better than my burger. I'm like, yeah, because it's fresh <laughs> and yeah. we're bringing in yeah. fresh Barari meat and we're making our buns from scratch. Like yeah. we make all of it from scratch, but getting the produce and getting all the things and and really just starting with whole foods. Right. And, and not the processed. And I can tell you what's in the bread. And, you know, our bread's not going to last shelf stable for uh-huh. two weeks because we're you guys making make your sh- own bread. Yes. Because oh, yeah. you've got the, the chefs yeah, that are the doing the pastries. Bread. Yeah. And, okay, good. And then going back to that too is we do a lot of vegan cooking and vegetarian uh-huh. cooking. Yeah. And not just because I'm trying to cater to vegans, but if you and your best friend come in mm-hmm. and she's a vegan and you're not. I will serve you the same plate. It'll look almost exactly the same, but one will be vegan and one won't. And I just really try to reimagine food so that that vegan person who's not necessarily going to a vegan restaurant doesn't have to just get a salad. Like I, every dish that I make, I can do like, a vegan version of it or That's a vegetarian such a huge version deal of it in Corpus Christi, or a man. gluten-free version of it. <laughs> like, like, like yeah. yeah. So, and you guys, okay. So Emily, you live in LA mm-hmm. and how do you feel about being in Corpus Christi trying to find food? Like, so I'm actually here in LA. I've been here for a month. This is my, you've been probably, in Corpus Christi for a month. I've been yes. here for okay. a month and I'm actually designing the restaurant. So okay, I have gotcha. a design career back in LA, but uh-huh. I back at home in an incredibly, clean eater uh-huh. my mom would maybe say picky but i <laughs> i am a very clean eater uh-huh. i just don't feel good like physically right. i don't feel good i stress when i eat something that's you know not a part of my daily routine like i go to the farmers market i get all of my produce from there um and so i'm super clean my mother's cooking 
is the only reason why I've been able to be here for so long because I'm like she cooks for you. Yeah, she cooks for me. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's my payment. But I'm like, I need to have like something fresh available, and um, it's been a challenge. You told me when you first got here that you were going to the farmer's market every time you're here, though. Oh, but the Corpus Farmer's Market on Wednesday has been, like, the thing I look forward to. That makes me so happy. (laughs) Like, once a week. I mean, we went last night. Yeah. And I I love lemon shakers. Yeah. Yeah. We love lemon shakers. We love the craft that they do. Uh All of the vendors. We got some popcorn. I mean, it was just amazing. It was just, like, all of the produce vendors were super... I mean, you know, they were you great. love it. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. And but, and but yeah, the the LA farmers markets are just massive, yeah. right? They have and, so and much stuff. And there is literally one every single day of the week. Yeah. When I I go to the one on Wednesday when I take my son to school and I'm there, I get grocery stuff throughout the week. But then we go on Sunday and that's the one that he gets to run around at, and we like like we get a pastry and I get a coffee, and so there is like a farmers market every day of the week, but they're all super different and. It's just really great. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that farmer's market, the Wednesday one that you're talking about, that's mm-hmm. been, that was my work for years. Yeah. And so now it's nice to be able to be back out here at the farm, yeah. just focusing on growing the food mm-hmm. and uh, the investment larder that we've been talking about. I wanted to get that. I, I'm excited to be able to work I'm with excited. your restaurant. And, um, and then we even talked a little bit about rabbit and I'd, oh. I'd loved you telling me about the French style of cooking and just... Um, where, you know, your, your background of cooking and, and culinary education and stuff like that has come from. And I went to Le Cordon Bleu mm-hmm. in, um, in Austin. So it's a yeah. French technique school basically. Um, and so when people ask me, well, what's your style of cooking? What do you do the most? Mm-hmm. I don't have one particular style and I have like, um, more just technique driven. Mm-hmm. So you give me something and I'm just going to figure out what sh- French technique to use to cook that. So when people ask us like, what is the, the galley bistro? What, you know, what is it? Mexican food? Is it Italian food? Is it, is it French food? No, it's, it's none of those things. It's a little bit of everything. So I love just using the technique, Mm -hmm. um, and, and showcasing different things with different techniques. So we will have a little bit of Italian food. We'll have a little, I say we're a little French inspired. So it's not, it's not a French restaurant in any way, but we will be French inspired. Yeah. And so we're going to carry on the model that we did at the, um, the Siemens center Uh where every day is a different menu item. Yeah. Um, so we do a lunch feature, and so we have a like a a little schedule I go by. So Mondays are comfort food. Mm-hmm. So that's on Mondays where you can get the chicken fried steak, the meat, uh, the meatloaf, the the mashed potatoes, that kind of thing is Mondays. Tuesdays is Tex Mex. So I'll do a little Tex Mex, mm-hmm. and everything I do just kind of has a little spin to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not your classic Tex Mex that you're going to get at the Jalisco down the street. Uh-huh. It's going to be my own little version of a Tex Mex enchilada or a taco or something. You made um, cucumber soup when yes. I was there one time. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things in the whole world to eat, yeah. cucumber soup. Yeah. If, if I can just say, something that my mom, I feel, is really great at is she is very, like, loyal to whatever season yes. we're in. That's, and she's very, yeah. very good at cooking for the seasons and 
none of her food is really like super heavy. So you say like Italian food one day or, oh, yeah. or like Tex-Mex one day. I go into so many restaurants and I leave just feeling super it's heavy. It's light and fresh though She's and seasonal. Yeah. at doing things seasonally and also like not just like totally – ridiculous portions and, but, and, I mean it's and just yeah. incorporating yeah. a lot of vegetables yeah I incorporate vegetables into things that people don't even people are like there's vegetables in this like yes like my marinara my marinara sauce you know I started from scratch but it has celery it has onions it has carrots it has yep. garlic it has all of these fresh things that I cook in my sauce so I'm sneaking vegetables into things yes you know I make macaroni and cheese I sneak carrots into that Last yeah night we had a picadillo for dinner and I was like mm, I, I don't love really picadillo. like potatoes but she made it with zucchini and yes. onions and there was no potatoes and it was just meat and it was like the best thing ever yeah. because, nice. so I, I have to say this you have a daily lunch a week, feature lunch feature yeah when you say Italian like Asian they're super inspired by that. But, yes, but inspired. she takes her own, she turns it into her own thing. Mm-hmm. And love so that. just like an influence. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's, definitely it's, her style. Yeah. Asian influenced. Yeah. And when I say Asian, like I, that's anything. Like, yeah. I mean, I yeah. that's the day I'll do You're a curry. You're not going to like walk yeah, in and get curry. a little man. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not, yeah. Oh, I, I love to do curry. Yes. <laughs> vegetable curry. So yoga. exciting. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So that makes me really excited to be able to see what you can pull off. Like I even, you were talking about doing um, a, a Blackboard special and I'm like seeing what, because that's one of the things I love about partnering with chefs that really get this investment larder concept where it's like, you're going to just have to work with what I get because yeah. your help, your investment isn't, is investing in the farm financially, but it's also investing in the early infrastructure days of a farm right? in order for me to be able to get to the point where, okay, yeah, I could show up at a farmer's market or I could deliver more produce to restaurants that only want tomatoes or that only want, like I might get there in several years, but in the meantime, it takes me partnering with restaurants. But what I love most about that is seeing what they come up with. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it takes like, a good chef to do that. Yeah. yeah. It really does. Yeah. And they have a lot of freedom the galley will have a lot of freedom yeah, where for sure the their customers already know your base already knows oh well this is how we're, what we're going to do and they give her a lot of creative freedom and so that's just something that really sets at least you guys apart from somebody else that has like a set menu that requires a lot of tomatoes yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing like so we're a catering company primarily right we're a catering yeah. company first and so somebody People ask me, well, what's your catering menu? I don't have a catering menu. I am, com- we are completely custom menu. So you tell me, oh, I'm going to have a wedding and my theme is roses. Uh-huh. I'm going to design a menu that's based around your theme. That's Last cool. night we catered a, an event and it was, it was something for daughters and something and it was flowers. And um, so like I did um, tuna toast point, I mean, uh, salmon toast points, but I rolled the salmon to look like little flowers. And I incorporated a little fresh piece of dill for the leaves. Yeah. Yes. And then, so I just really am thoughtful with Mm -hmm. the different, um, 
the seasons, the theme, the color, all of those things. I really yeah. think about them in all of my food. I'm excited. You're going to love it because I'm just sitting here going like edible flowers. You need edible flowers. Definitely like, edible I mean, flowers. all of the fun things that can come yeah. off the farm. And what part of what makes it a huge, easier way to work with chefs is to be able to know, like, I'm not, we're not trying to match each other. Like, oh, let me text you and let me tell you what I have and know what, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, here it is. Now here's your masterpiece. And you were talking about the three ingredient cooking mm -hmm. challenge, challenge that you're doing. Like I could see you guys having the three ingredient farm to table uh, special that people know yeah. to come to the restaurant on that day and for. And following will yeah. come. Oh, of and, course. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's like a very collaborative effort. Yeah, And I for really sure. don't think there's anything else like that in the city. I, I don't think so. And part of our philosophy and culture with our company in general is really just enhancing the culinary um, scene of Corpus. Yeah, I, you know, I'm down for it. <laughs> we are, Corpus Christi is a destination city, right? Yes. People come yes. to the sparkling city by the sea. Yes. But do people come for the food? No. No, mm -mm. not at all. Yeah. I mean, and you can get your typical standard um, fried fish and fried yeah. seafood and everything yeah. everywhere right. you go. But are you getting like a really a real taste of corpus are you yeah. getting a real taste i don't of even food? think when you get your fried i mean if you go to snoopy's maybe i'll be like okay you're getting like you know and but even water street anymore it's like it's not the same as it used to be even yeah. and but yeah you're right like it's hard to find that like special you know the things so i think i'm i'm for it you know i mean you know that my whole like last decade of my life has been trying to enhance the culinary experience yeah. of corpus christi and, and that's get us good about. ingredients yeah. around here so and and i love collaborating with People yes. like you who are yeah. excited about food and yeah. really want to see. Yeah. So I love working with other chefs and I bring in other chefs, other cooks. Like I have a really great relationship with one of the food trucks in town, uh -huh. Lowly Straightery. She's, she's amazing. She's great. She buys stuff from me too. Yeah. yeah. And she, she's at the farmer's market every Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah. I bring her in and I, um, you know, work with her and I, I really just try to encourage other chefs because the more chefs we have, exactly. the more restaurants we have, the better it is for the whole city. That's right. Like people are like, oh, it's competition. No, it's not competition. It is like collaboration. The, there's a lot of people that eat in this town. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like yeah. fight for me. It's not fighting like, oh, this restaurant is better than that restaurant. I'm like, the more food there is in town, the better the food is. Yeah. Everybody benefits. Everybody benefits. So rising tide raises all. That's exactly. the story of my life. I'm yes. like teaching that to the world. I'm rising trying. tide Me raises too. all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I want you to tell me exactly how to find you today online. If somebody wants to find you and your business and okay. what you're selling or your private chef stuff. And then where, where's the, where, what's the address? I know the restaurant's not open yet, okay. but like, give us a shot in the dark of like about when we're going to see like a soft opening and the address. Okay. So soft opening is such a sore subject because yeah. we had hoped to do Memorial day soft opening, uh -huh. but with delays, if anybody's done any type of construction or build, <laughs> they know, <laughs> especially in they this know. world in this time period. This, yes. yes. Yeah. So we are delayed um, uh -huh. because of restaurant equipment, uh -huh. but we hope within about a week to okay. do a soft opening. Okay. So we will be located the Galley Bistro and Bake Shop uh -huh. at 924 Staples. Uh -huh. And that's at the corner of Staples and Hancock. And we're basically across the street from Barari. So anybody that knows Barari yeah. Meat Market, we're practically across the street from them. You're so talking that's... to the right crowd of people for this story. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, 924 Staples, you can find us and we will have more information on our website as far as the opening uh -huh. at USS Chefs um, LLC dot com.
USSchefsllc.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. our website. You can awesome. find them there. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. USSchefs. Go. And uh, and I'll I'll post something more and try to. I'll, I'll maybe you can tag me or something. Yes, I'm the I will. Worst at worst we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. So I was doing a radio interview and they're like, "Okay, what's your phone number to call?" You know, it's like um, I don't know. I could not think. Of it. <laughs> I gave out my personal phone number and my boyfriend was I listening on live radio. He's like, "Don't do it." I know she's going to do it. And I gave up my personal phone. Yeah, just give her a call and she can give you an even more confusing way to find the website. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. I love you guys. And I'm so thankful for you being here. Last but not least, we have that one last question, the random question of the week. If you could only pick one holiday to celebrate each year, which holiday would it be? For me, it's Easter. Easter. Mm, Easter. What do you love most about Easter? I love, love, love spring. Uh-huh, I love yeah. spring vegetables. I yes. love the spring color. Uh-huh. I love to make lamb. So that's why yes. the goat, I was oh, so intrigued yeah. by the goat today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love, I love it. Easter nice. is my, yeah. Bright Easter. colors. Bright all colors, of that. fresh yeah. food. So yes. everything is baby. And yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. Easter. Totally. For sure. How about you, Emily? How about you, Emily? I mean... I'm like super cynical. I'm not like really a holiday <laughs> You're person. You're like, skip it all. I'm not really a holiday <laughs> person, but I, I guess I would have to say like Labor Day, Labor Day. Like Labor Day. Labor Day weekend is uh-huh. the best weekend. Yeah. It's still, you can get in the pool. You're about to, the seasons are about to change. Yeah. I'm opposite from you. I'm yeah. ready for, I'm looking forward to winter. You're like done with the to, summer and ready for it to summer. cool down yeah. and warm up. Yeah, I like, I like Labor Day. It's always, a, it's always a good, nice like transition. Yeah. I, I'm kind of like you. I'm like, holidays. It's so hard for me. Um, but the, the, the celebration that I always look forward to, we have a Friendsgiving food Mm -hmm. event for Thanksgiving every year and it's, you know, potluck and everybody brings stuff. And, uh, we have that here at the farm and I've been doing that celebration for years and years and years. And so Thanksgiving is my time because it's just about food and being grateful. And that's my favorite, but I like Easter too. I found that same thing. I like the food. Anytime food can be the focus of something that's going to be, um, great for me. So I'm so grateful to have you both here, Emily and Chef Zelina. And I'm excited to have a wonderful meal with, had this wonderful meal with you guys. I am thankful for you all being here at the dinner table every week. Thank you for continuing to come out and hang out with me and to listen to all of the interesting stories that we as friends have to say at the dinner table. Give me a subscribe on YouTube if you're listening to this. And if you're interested in helping a gal out, go over to dinnertabletalks.com. At the top of the podcast, there's a little button there that says support the podcast. Push that button and just throw a dollar or two at me because that is huge. This is how we keep these types of things going. This is how I build the infrastructure of continuing to be able to do these things, the podcast, things here on the farm. And I've got so many things coming up on the farm. My website is getting some reworking done. Um, The class that I told you about that's tomorrow with some cooking 
education for meal planning and for special diets that's going on. The investment larders are still available and I'm getting close to being done with and selling that out. I'll be at the farmer's markets over the next few weeks and come visit me on a Monday for garden healing. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for being thank here. For Can me. I just yeah. say one thing? Please I just wanted do. to say thank you for yeah, inviting absolutely. us out and giving so me the platform cool. to be able to talk. Yeah. And, um, you know, I hope to see some of you at the restaurant. And I also want to say a thank you to my daughter. I didn't mention it, but she is in town helping us work the design aspect of it because that is her talent, yeah. very talented design aspect. I can't wait to see and, it. And um, just the aesthetic is going to be just nothing in corpus like nothing it. Corpus so it's, like it. um, it's, it's yeah. going to be fun. So I just it take, she's taken a month out of her life and basically <laughs> been here to do this. So I just want to, and again, thank you for giving us of a course. platform to be able to do this and Support a wonderful dinner. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. We're yes. supporting. Yes. Yes. Thanks for joining us Please at the dinner table, friends. Us. We'll see you all very soon. Bye, guys. Bye.